You are listening to Food Means Business, a podcast featuring personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a food business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. Cameron McCarthy, welcome to the Food Means Business podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for reminding me. I appreciate it. It's been a while since we chatted. It it definitely has. So um, here we're all about... um, uh, people that are taking the leap from the corporate jobs to starting their own business. So before we learn about you know, your, your business, we'd love to hear your story. Yeah. So um, before starting um, WeSock, my current company that I've been uh, working on for the past four years, um, I was a sales director for multiple CPG companies. Uh, so I started out in frozen seafood, which is probably the worst category to start out in, um, but it was uh, <laughs> super old school. Uh, taught me a ton uh, and definitely was one of the hardest kind of like categories and experiences to start off in. Uh, then went to chocolate and worked for uh, one of the first kind of like innovative chocolate brands uh, in New York City. Uh, and then before then uh, or after that, I, I linked up with Delighted By, which um, at the time was the fastest growing hummus brand in the country. Uh, took that brand to about 7,000 stores nationwide. Um realized really early on. It's a great on. brand. It's such a great brand. <laughs> yeah, no, great, great product, great brand, good team. Um, we were kind of the first uh, first uh, brands in the space to come out with dessert hummus. So chocolate hummus, vanilla hummus, like it sounded crazy at the time, um, but it was a really good um, product and, and it was kind of right for the time. Um, and so uh, that's when I kind of realized like it doesn't really matter how good of a salesperson you are, like you really need to be representing a good product and a good brand. And if you're not doing that, um, you're kind of behind the eight ball. Um, but when I was there uh, and at my previous spots too, I, I realized that uh, most brands just don't have the data to compete, especially emerging brands. Uh, a lot of times I was going into buyer meetings and trying to articulate, you know, why you should be carrying our product or the consumer demand we had online for our product and the fact that the product will fly off the shelves. And it was really difficult to articulate that story without actual data to support it. And so we actually turned Mm -hmm. to paper request forms and told our customers, hey, you know, fill out these forms, bring them in store. Um, And I was really surprised with the results. I mean, we opened up a Safeway because three people asked for our product. We had a meeting with Target because two people asked for our product. And so it was really moving the needle with buyers. Um, But at the same time, like you're not going to get a ton of millennial and Gen Zers like filling out paper forms and bringing it into stores. And so- wasn't very scalable. So decided to start We Sock in 2019. Really high level. What we do here is we make it easy for brands to capture first party data about their shoppers. So uh, through a plugin that sits on their site and their social media and their newsletter, basically anywhere where they engage with their shopper, we can see, you know, where does that shopper shop? What SKUs are they interested in? What trends are they interested in? Other data about that shopper. And then most importantly, their contact information. Um, so that we can then use that first party data to help brands get into new stores, uh, increase distribution, tell a really powerful data driven story. And then most importantly, once they get into these stores, they can then notify the customers when the product hits the shelf, when the product's available and really own the customer journey from the lifetime that they're in that store. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's been super, uh, interesting to see the growth over the last four years. And, um, we work with about 
550 brands at this point. We've captured about 120,000 shoppers. So, uh, you know, it's took us a while to get product market fit. We, we you know, we're, we're not self-funded, but we're not, we've never raised like a huge round. So we've kind of taken our time and listened to our customers and, you know, we're at a good point now because of it. So um, that's amazing. So I would love for you to just dig a little bit more into uh, kind of what you, wh- what WeStock is and what kind of what you do. So if I was a CPG brand coming to you, um, how would we work together? Yeah. So most of the brands that we work with are emerging brands. So like they're doing under $5 million a year in business. Like we really look at ourselves as like the training wheel data company, like spins, Niels and IRI, they're great, but like they're really expensive and like you're, yeah. you probably don't have the budget for that. So if you wanted to work with us, you can sign up easily on our site. It's free for the first month and we charge as little as $99 a month to start working with us. So we try to make it really cost effective. Um, you're going to put a plug in on your kind of your website with a call to action of like, don't see our product here. Let us know where you shop or request our product in store. You're then going to use our plugin, you know, on your swipe up campaigns, uh, in your link tree, on your newsletter. You can even turn it into a QR code when you're doing, you know, events and shows and tastings to make sure that you're, um, you know, capturing that consumer demand and that first party data at any point where you engage with a shopper. And then you'll have access to a full dashboard where you can identify, you know, what your top retailers are, what your top trends are, what's what areas of the country you should be focusing on. You can create buyer ready reporting. Uh, we just launched feedback this month, this week, so you can also capture things like qualitative feedback, like how did you hear about our product? You know, would you buy this again? And really create, you know, a whole profile about those customers and. Yeah, I mean, we're big believers in first party data is kind of the future. You see like all the differences in uh, data privacy. Uh, you see all the increases in Facebook, um, you know, ads and, and iOS changes and uh, Google Chrome changes and things like that. So we think that the closer the brand is to their actual audience, the better. And, and at the end of the day, like first party data and getting that opt in from the shopper is, is critical. That's great. So um, what tips do you have for brands that are wanting to get into particular stores? I know that you this is something that you've you know been able to do across your career. And now with a lot of the data that WeStock um, offers brands, I'd love to hear um, if you could give some guidance to to emerging brands on that. Yeah, I mean, just focus. Like, I think a lot of brands kind of like are spread a little bit too thin. They they're going after multiple accounts and it, it really hurts them. And we kind of see this like spray and pray kind of situation with a lot of um, with a lot of brands where they're trying to get into way too many stores and way too many regions way too quickly um, so that's usually kind of a pain point I would say focus on one region go really deep on that region develop your playbook and then once you have that playbook and you understand you know velocities and, and how the product's moving and all of that then take that playbook that you've created and successful and take it to another region um, the other thing too is like and I tell this to brands all the time, like way too many brands view distribution as a win versus the retailer. Like don't go to UNFI and KE first and try to open up distribution without like retailer interest. That's how you're going to go out of business the fastest. Um, you're going to end up just paying a lot for product that's sitting into a warehouse. Focus on the, the accounts and then the accounts will lead you to the distribution um, and then go really deep on those accounts and, and support them with you know, trade spend and, and marketing and merchandising to make sure that the product's actually successful. Like getting on the shelf is the easy part. Getting off the shelf is the hard part. And you just kind of got to double down on making that successful for, for your retail partners. Cool. So can you talk about like ways that um, some of the brands you've worked with have been innovative in, uh, you know, getting consumers to purchase their product? 
Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, we've we work with a lot of brands that are smaller that are doing like uh, driving across the country and like stopping at each store, like in a van or an ice cream truck, and like doing tastings and stuff like that, right? Like you got to get the products in people's mouths and like you have to be creative, especially in this day and age and how to do that. So, you know, we've seen that as a playbook that works really well for people. Um, I'm trying to think of other creative ways. I mean, you know, obviously we've had a lot of brands that leverage WeSock data to get into to new accounts, which has been great to see. Um, but I think, you know, post COVID, you know, during COVID, what we saw was like a lot of retailers were just saying like no to new products. And now we're seeing a lot yeah. more retailers are receptive to that. Um, so you just really have to go in with a clear plan of how you're going to support that retailer. I think we see a lot of brands go in and pitch like, this is my brand and this is why I'm special. And this is why you should carry us. And like, that's great. But every brand thinks that they're special. And so I think you have to kind of think through like how you're going to support that store. And if you can really hone in on that messaging, like that's usually the most successful way that we see new brands getting into new stores. Like there's no kind of magic sauce to it. It's, it's you just have to show like how you're going to support that store. If if brands are just getting started, um, do you recommend that they start with a kind of one natural food store in their area to kind of to show kind of show the the larger retailers that they actually have some traction with consumers? Yeah, I mean, you, you probably don't need a distributor to start, right? Like, just start direct shipping to like your natural specialty stores and just kind of build out a roster of fifty stores and make the drop offs yourself or direct ship through FedEx and just you know build that up that way. There's also like Pod Foods and Fair and Mabel and things like that. So <clears throat> distribution is really easy right now, especially if you just want to hit a certain segment of the market. Um, and then from there, you know do demos, talk to the customers, understand why they're buying your product, understand, you know, what their tendencies are, look at the competition on the shelf, like understand what your velocity is. And then, you know, slowly, slowly build up gradually um, to, you know, a point where you feel comfortable going after like a Whole Foods or a, a, a bigger regional chain and just continue to iterate and test kind of what works there. Cool. Thank you. So um, we uh, have... At Hudson Kitchen, we like to celebrate a lot, and we have what we call a money bill at our our kitchen. And our clients ring it when they have, you know, gotten taken on a new retail client, or or sometimes their employees ring it when they get their paycheck or whatever. Wondering like what you're celebrating right now. Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, there's share. a few. <laughs> there's a few things. I mean, like one, <laughs> I think I think we'll hit like as a startup. I think we'll hit profitability next month. So that's always like a big fun oh, thing, right? That's so, amazing. Like, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so we're always excited <laughs> so about great. that. Yeah. So that, that's always good for us. I mean, we've been a pretty like small, nimble team. that has been pretty capital efficient. So we've been like eyeing this day for a while. Uh, so it gives us a lot of flexibility in how we want to grow the company. We're definitely like a much different like tech startup where like we haven't really raised like a large formal round of capital. So we try to stay like as efficient as possible. So I'll be very happy uh, about that. Um, and then for us too, I mean, like we have a lot of products, like updates that we're super excited about, like feedback, like that's definitely like a ring the bell thing for us. Like we've been working on that for three months. Like we hear so many times that like brands just don't know how to deal with and organize like all their customer feedback. It could be like negative reviews online or just like customer questions or things like that. So for us to be able to actually handle that for our accounts now, like is an awesome thing and we're super excited about it. Uh, and then we have this really new, exciting product kind of co- and, you know, that hopefully will be launched 
uh, in September that, you know, is really going to kind of put us more in play with some of the larger data platforms that are out there. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up, a lot of like ring the bell moments for us. But I would say like the most top of mind one is the fact that we're all excited about, you know, hitting that break even and then profitability number over the next few weeks, which has, you know, been a a steep uh, climb for us for sure. That's awesome. Congratulations. So Cameron, thank you so much for uh, being on our uh, Food Means Business podcast. We'd love for you to tell people where they can find WeStock and all about you, where they can find you as well. Yeah. So um, easily find me on LinkedIn, um, on Twitter too. Um, I found like recently, like Twitter has been like a much better uh, CPG and food community okay. than LinkedIn. So I would like definitely advocate for everyone to get on Twitter if you're in the CPG space. Like we definitely have a nice like little growing community there. So find me there. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find us at WeStock.io. My email is Cameron at WeStock.io. Um, I would definitely you know, encourage all brands to sign up for a free month to try it out. Um, and we we definitely are not one of those subscription companies that when you sign up, we just cross our fingers and hope you forget about the subscription. We you know we work with you. We're really trying to be a team. We'll assess what your issues are. Uh, and hopefully we can apply like our 30 years of, of retail experience to your business in a positive way. Cool. All right. Thank you. I appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you so much. So I love what you're building over there and super excited for the future of the podcast as well. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was produced in collaboration with the studio at Carney Point. To learn more about Hudson Kitchen, visit our website at thehudsonkitchen.com or follow us on Instagram at the Hudson Kitchen. Until next time, I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. Thank you for listening.